Hey team, and welcome to our week two of diving into sacred pathways. Well, if nobody's told you this week, we love you. We're excited that you're here and we're excited about doing this study in this medium. I don't know about you, but I listened to Rob's uh, podcast probably three times this week and got something new out of it every single time. So whether you're going on a run or on your way to work or cooking dinner or whatever, we hope that this will be a really easy medium for you to consume this study in where we can talk about it and chat about it. So we're excited. We hope you're excited. If you have not filled out the questionnaire in your book, I would highly recommend that you do that because I think that it will provide some clarity as you're diving into these chats, podcasts, um, and just diving into the book. So there is one attached to the original email titled intro. So if you haven't read the chapters yet yet and intend to, just I would say take time to do that this week. Um, so without further ado, let's dive into chapter three, which is The Naturalist. And the book describes The Naturalist as a worshiper who loves to be in God's cathedral, the great outdoors. And so before we dive into this, I would love to pose a question. Do you have anybody in your life that immediately comes to mind when you think of the naturalist? I absolutely do. And it just happens to be somebody on our team. And that would be Will Vanderhoeven. Because when I think of Will, even before I think of the basis, I think about him holding a massive fish on my Facebook feed. If you even had one conversation with Will, you know that he loves to fish. He loves to be outdoors. Um, and so I would definitely say Will probably leans into being a naturalist, um, at least according to my Facebook feed. But I think we all have been inspired and in awe of God's creation many, many times in our life. But some believers just honestly flat out prefer to be worshiping in God's nature over a church. And some people would just literally rather be experiencing how great God is through hiking and through mountains and through trees and through the places that God has built himself than singing how great is our God with a congregation within the church walls. Psalm 19.1, it says this, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Another one we can dive into is Romans 1.20. For ever since the world was creative, people have seen the earth and the sky. Through everything that God has made, they can clearly see the invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. We see here evidence that creation testifies to a creator pointed to in the scriptures and that creation worships him, as should we. So to sum it up, naturalists just like singing along with nature. They connect with it. Naturalists find that getting outside actually in God's handiwork can soften the hardest of hearts. They can visualize scriptures that can actually aid in their yielding their spirits to the Holy Spirit. There are some temptations um, of the naturalist, such as spiritual delusion and actually the idolizing of nature, worshiping the creation over the creator. And I think we can relate to that as worshipers. Sometimes we can elevate or idolize or worship the gift over the giver. And so that's the temptation that naturalists have with nature. And so if you connect with being a naturalist, I have two challenges for you this week. The first is when you are in nature and walking the places you typically walk, walk them with intentional prayer. 
For example, if that's your neighborhood, when you're walking past the park, pray for the activities that are occurring in the park. Pray for the children that are in the park and the adults and the teenagers. When you're walking by your neighbor's house, pray intentionally for your neighbors. The second one, be intentional and allow God's cathedral to prompt prayer and conversation with the Lord. All right, let's dive into sensates. This one was very intriguing for me to dive into, um, probably mainly because I was studying this one in naturalist by side by side, and I obviously connect with this one more than I connect with uh, naturalists. So I'm excited to talk about it and hear y'all's thoughts on it. Um, but this is what it says. Sensates are worshipers in tune with their five senses. So the five senses being taste, touch, smell, sound, and sight. The best way I've heard this summed up is actually in an article I read, um, and it just kind of opened it up for me. Um, and it says, sensates experience God in concrete, visible, and palpable symbols. I was like, okay, I understand now. Now I have some context around this. Some Christians grow up believing that a sensory experience is not a religious or reverent one. And when I was thinking about that, I think because we often attach our sensory experience to maybe our feelings. Um, however... God can use our senses to show us who he is and inspire worship in our hearts. After all, he did create them and craft them. They were his idea. They were not our idea. So he can use them um, to yield our, our spirits to him and inspire our hearts in worship. Also, can I just tell y'all, when I was reading this, I was literally drawn back to this pasta dish that I had. And I remember eating this pasta dish and knowing that this recipe that this mixture of ingredients could only be inspired by the Holy Spirit and literally praying that this would be my first meal in heaven. So there you go. I could just stop now. Have a good day. You know, I think that many denominations throughout history, um, especially Catholicism, have uh, done the visual aid aspect of our senses in a very profound, beautiful way and God honoring way. Um, because if you look at their cathedrals, um, every time I wa have walked into a Catholic cathedral and see the stained glass and smell the incense when you walk in and just to see how massive and beautiful and how well thought out it was, I don't think about the person who built it. I think about how good, how beautiful, how wonderful God is. When I see the stained glass Bible stories, like it brings it to life for me and it makes God so tangible um, and so beautiful and so wonderful. And so I'm actually not caused at all to look inward. I'm caused to look upward and see God in so much beauty and greatness. I think it's recognizing that God was the first creative. He created visual arts. He created taste. He created smell. And ultimately, it's important to lean into all of these senses, not for the sake of it, hear me, but to point people, to point ourselves to a God that is creative, beautiful, great, and wonderful. I love this reminder on page 69. It says this, remember sight, sound, taste, touch, and smell are God's gift more than they are Satan's temptations come on. Yes. Amen. Using our bodies to glorify God is a much better response than denying the role of the body in worship and then turning around and using the body in areas that lead to sin. Christianity is based on truth. This reality will never change, but it is often beauty 
that fills our souls. I could not say it better myself. I think that is so profound and so good. So let's dive into some temptations of sensates. It's worshiping without conviction. It's idolizing beauty and it's worshiping the act of worship. So if you relate to sensates, here are some challenges I want you to dive into this week. Um, There's two. I want you to partake in the Lord's Supper multiple times this week. What better way to engage multiple senses than to see, than to smell and taste symbols of Christ's body and blood? My prayer, our prayer, is that this will cultivate a deeper appreciation, a deeper recognition for what Christ has accomplished and ultimately his love for you. The next one is share a meal with other believers this week. Listen to their stories, lay hands on them in prayer, eat, laugh, share over a good meal together. See and experience God through all of the senses among community. Well, thanks for diving into these two chapters with me um, this week. And just a reminder that our identity is not found in sacred pathways, but they are tools for us to know Jesus in a deep way. And our identity is found only in him. He is our hope. He is our foundation. Uh, He is our future um, and he is our freedom. And so we're really thankful. We're really excited about studies like this because I think it gives us the knowledge to be able to look more like Jesus and it helps us be refined, um, burn what needs to go and refine what needs to stay. And so we really love you guys. We love serving with you. And it's just honestly the honor of my life and the joy of my life to worship Jesus alongside each of you. And we hope you guys have a great week. 